Welcome to Managing Marketing and today I've got the opportunity of sitting down with Harry Preston who is the Managing Director of Genero. Welcome Harry. Thank you Darren, thanks for having me. Now for those that don't know, what is Genero? Genero is a video production marketplace, so we're a global production marketplace mm -hmm. um, and what that means basically is that we have a global community of filmmakers. We've got 300,000 filmmakers around the world. Oh my God, 300,000. Oh my God, oh my God. that's Shakura. a lot. It's a lot of filmmakers. Um, and we connect them with brands and agencies to produce really high quality content, affordably and at scale and speed. Fantastic. Yeah. But hang on, 300,000 filmmakers. I, I don't know how many times I've heard from uh, creative people that the only possible director for this job is Director X. So if there's 300,000 filmmakers, how could it possibly be that there's only one possible director for this job? Well, I can't speak for, you know, some of the creative departments. They may have their own reasons for wanting to work with a particular director. We do have a bunch of really talented directors on the platform. I'm sure you do. But um, I mean, what I'm saying is that clearly with, if you've got 300,000 and that would, you wouldn't have 100% penetration into the production world, would you? Well, we don't, we don't have 300,000 directors, right. probably first, first and foremost. We've got production companies, directors, animators, editors, motion graphics designers, okay. etc. So people who can make video. Right. Um, I think what I would say is um, if a creative agency is looking for a treatment, um, then they could by all means post a brief and put their idea on the platform and then they'd get, they'd get a really decent response in the way of treatments and how a particular director would treat their job and they may find that they get access to someone who's really high quality. Now, you don't have um, the, uh, the kid who uh, just knocks up a couple of videos for his friends, do you? These are actually no, professionals. these are professional filmmakers. Yeah. How do you vet them? Well, we don't, we don't really discriminate in the sign-up process. So it's, it's free to join for filmmakers. Um, what's quite exciting about the platform is that we may get someone sign up who's the next Ridley Scott, for example. And he may just have finished film school. So that's kind of why we don't really discriminate. Um, but at the same time, the process through the platform is very iterative and collaborative. So it's not like they're off shooting video and then they submit the video and that's it. It's a very iterative process. They'll respond with treatments and ideas. They'll respond with their past work. So you'll quickly, you know, understand whether um, they're the right person for the brief. And that's how we really vet them. We vet them through the creative and production process. Okay. So, so it sounds like the process is traditional, but the starting point is certainly more sort of of the modern era. Yeah, the, the process is definitely, um, you know, it definitely um, adheres to the sort of traditional way of working, i.e. post a brief, get a response to the brief. A director's treatment. A treatment or something like that. You know, make you can work with the filmmaker to make sure that's at a point where you're comfortable to commission. Um, so it's very true to that sort of process. The tools on the platform enable efficiencies, right? Um, and the community we have enables choice. But so this that's is not like Fiverr, is it? You're not no. going to be able to go and uh, Genera is not going to get you a video or film made for five dollars. No, 
It, well, look, we'll work to any budget to to within point, reason. Within reason. Yeah. Um, but you know it's what not I mean. About, this is not, it's about, not about fast. Uh, trying to squeeze the no. creative people. It's not exploitative. It's not meant to be exploitative. It's not meant to offshore production. Um, it's not about how quickly and cheaply can I get content. For me, and well, for everyone who uses it now, they can attest to this. It's about access to really quality uh, filmmakers, the right person for your job. So people who will respond. They're passionate about your brand. Um, they're passionate about the brief. They really want to work on it. Um, so it's access to fresh creative thinking and high quality production. It happens to be faster and more affordable than the traditional method. Because, you know, I think the traditional way of a produ agency producer or a producer would be that they would have their collection of people that they work with and they yeah. know and trust. And so their recommendation would come from experience. Yeah. And that would be limited by the total possible number of people that they w have worked with. Yeah. But this is offering a much bigger pool to draw from. Mm -hmm. How can you be guaranteed? Like, is, are there any guarantees in this process? Is there a completion guarantee like there used to be, you know, you could take insurance of that? If I go to Gennaro and I put the brief out and I go through this process of selecting someone and they actually don't deliver, is, am I just stuck with, you know, the well, process or not? Well, I don't think there are any guarantees in the traditional way of working, first and foremost. Oh, you can take insurance. You could, well, we, our filmmakers will have insurances. Right, okay. So they'll have um, professional indemnity, public liability, all that sort of stuff. Um, when through the process, um, clients hold the money on the platform to release when they're comfortable. So kind of adheres to the traditional way of working. If it's a big production, they might do 50, 50 up front, 50 at the end. They might do 30, 30, 40. So there's a bunch of options around that in terms of you release the payment when you're comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, well, there's, round, there's rounds of, you know, so we've got, you know, three rounds of offline, three rounds of online yeah. through the process as well. So those sorts of steps So there are, are checks and balances. Exactly. Look, the payment's in interesting because we are, one of the issues is a lot of big uh, corporations are paying like on 90 days and, uh, you know, 120 days or 180 days. And I know it's a big pressure point for agencies in the middle yeah. because, you know, most production companies, you would have to say that the vast majority of their cost is crew who are usually wanting to be, and, and rightly want to be paid on like 14 days or seven days. But if the client is not paying the agency for 90 days and then the agency, who knows how long they're going to take to pay the production company, whereas this is actually making that relationship direct. Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah, it is. I mean, the, we, we work with a, a number of brands who um, understand the benefits of using a platform like this in terms of, you know, affordability and speed. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes they'll amend their terms to help you know streamline the process on their end as well so they understand that we're working with smaller businesses who need to pay crew and they need to um, you know pay other third-party costs in order to realize the production um, and they'll, they'll often um, revise things to acknowledge that hmm. yeah, that's good um, yeah you know, I just brought it up because it's a, such a, a pain point yeah especially for production companies because you know 
it's a competitive marketplace and, and many of them are really struggling with, you know, things like cash flow and, and things yeah. like that because, you know, some of these production companies are relatively small businesses, That's aren't right. they? They are. They are. Absolutely. I mean, we'll work, we've got some bigger, more established production companies on our books. We've also got people who, it, he might, it might be a director who pulls in a producer to help, you know, um, get, a, get a production uh, completed. Um, but you're absolutely right. Cash flow can be a problem for them, so yeah, we need to but, acknowledge but, that. Yeah, even the bigger production companies, yeah, you know, are still relatively small compared to the advertisers or even some of the agency holding companies. Very much you know, so. These are billion-dollar businesses. I'm not yeah. sure I know many production companies that are billion-dollar businesses. No. Exactly so so relative, sc- relative scale, yeah. you know, you've got a billion dollar client a or multi-billion dollar client, a billion dollar agency group, yeah. and then... Uh, Small production company. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so in some ways, that's helping to you know, even that up in a way. Yes, it is. Yeah. Making them more accessible yeah. to being able to work on some really interesting... Uh, work for a whole range of clients. I think, I think people are seeing the benefits from both sides. They're getting mm. fresh thinking. They're getting quality content quickly, um, and and the production companies on the on the on the other side are getting access to briefs that they'd otherwise have no access to. Mm. The other um, thing that you mentioned before is that the process is quite traditional in that it's uh, stage and gate, you know, yeah. brief yeah. proposal. Um, but in actual fact, that's quite linear or a waterfall mm-hmm. cascade approach. Do you think production is starting to move towards being more agile, more flexible in the way the content is created? Um, and the reason I bring that up is that you know marketers especially are wanting to be able to respond to the marketplace, or is it mm. simply a matter that productions can be faster? I or think slower? I think yes, I think productions can be faster. Um, I think in terms of so the agile linear, process, I think it's, it, it, it's still linear. I think your strategy, your content strategy is really important. Mm-hmm. So what do you need? Where am I going to distribute it? And I think if it's briefed up front, then everything can be, you know, produced at once in terms of, you know, might be that you want a TVC, but then you want it to really work well on Facebook, Instagram, etc. But the, the marketplace model, given the always-on nature of a vast global community, it allows you to be agile. It allows you to react. So if you need to react to any current affairs and produce stuff on a, you know, pretty quickly, then you can do that because there's always going to be someone who's talented who can respond to the brief. Because mm. you know, um, one of the issues has been in the past, the approach has been about you know, uh, defining the requirements and then shooting only to those requirements. Mm. Whereas in an agile world, it's, you know, um, possibly not that kindly, shoot the shit out of it. Right. right? Yeah. And then be able to then produce a whole lot of variations afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, in that, well, that's what it's about is that at that point of actually shooting, yeah. you get as, cover as many things as possible. You know, it's like the old director's trick of do the wide shot, do the, uh, the left, do the right, do the close ups, yeah. and then you've got it covered. You know, it's about shooting coverage. Yes. Yeah. Um, I th- yeah. I think I think you got to be careful not to shoot content for content's sake, though. I think everything will anchor back to 
the strategy, both from a content and media perspective. So where am I going to distribute this content? Mm. And then it's about creating the content that is fit for feed or fit for platform or fit for device, i.e. content that's really going to connect with the consumer in any given environment. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So apart from the agile or the need for you know, more and more content, technology really has made the whole process much more accessible, hasn't it? It has, yeah. I think it's made the... Well, it's done a couple of things. It's made the world smaller. Um, it's allowed people to collaborate much better with people all over the world. Um, it's also allowed a bunch of really, really talented people um, access to um, previously unaffordable um, production tools, camera equipment, editing softwares. You don't have to rent a helicopter for 1500 bucks an hour anymore. You can go and buy a drone and shoot beautiful aerial footage. So there's a bunch of stuff out there that's helped um, very creative people um, uh, with the ability in producing really high quality content. Does that mean that um, this has made it easier for people to be, you know, producers? Um, yeah, I don't think it's that. I think it's made it easier for them to be producers. To a degree, yes, but I don't think it's... That's not meant to belittle the craft of production. No, if that makes good. sense, and they're still really good. I think it's just you know, someone that does wedding videos is not necessarily going to shoot a great corporate video, a bit that's of drama, uh, humour yeah. is totally different skill set to shooting, uh, you know, documentary. That's and, it. And so, so it's and it's so it's the right yeah it's it's giving a lot of people a voice, but it's also about finding the right person to fulfil the brief. If that makes sense. So if it is a comedy brief you're not going to get a documentary shooter responding to that. Because one of the things in the past was, you know, the idea of, you know, we talk about film. Yeah. But in actual fact, I don't think anyone shoots on film anymore, do they? No, well, not, not, you know, you, not as much as they used to. Have you heard of anything on, on actually on film? Um, it's, it's definitely not happening as much as it used to. Mm. Yeah. Oh, look, yeah, it was 10 years ago, uh, we still had agencies telling us that they had to shoot on 35 and it would be a huge film and it would be a huge compromise to go mm -hmm. to 16 and there was no way they could think about uh, video. Oh my God, video nasties. Um, and yet technology really has uh, caught up because I think almost every major feature film these days is now shot in a digital format. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's amazing how in one short decade we've gone from Kodak, Eastman, Fuji and the like who were the way to go and now it's all about uh, CCD chips yeah, and, well, uh, and uh, data, you know, dot, uh, zeros and ones. Well, I think that's helping people become more agile as well. And, you know, it, without impacting quality, I think that's really important to say. I think they're still getting some serious quality through and it is definitely allowing people to be more agile. Well, it's actually improved the creative options. Yeah. Because, you know, you would shoot on film, then it would have to go to the lab, and then you would transfer it to digital yeah. so that you could do your visual effects. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. So now you just shoot 
on video, which takes you straight to digital, yeah. which means, first of all, you don't have to wait for it to come back from the lab to see if you've actually got what you need. Yeah. You can watch it in real time. And it's pulling, it's just pulling a um, cost out mm. for people, you know. So it, it is allowing people to create larger volumes of content, but again, not content for content's sake, but larger volumes that they're requiring um, that's fit for feed or platform. Are there many of your productions, and, and this is quite a sort of side question, that uh, either the client or agency still attend the shoots? Is that a... Oh, bit? very much so. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's definitely not meant to be a faceless platform, put a brief on, get your stuff back and you're done. It's very iterative. We, we absolutely encourage our clients to go to shoots, obviously if location and budgets permit. Um, what we're finding actually in Australia is that most of the jobs are being th that are being briefed in Australia are being picked up by Australian production companies mm. and businesses. So it's not about offshoring. Yeah, this is and not getting about taking, taking work away from. It's not the, about taking work away. Definitely not. Um, well, I think the biggest issue uh, that impacts that is actually the value of the Australian dollar, which is beautifully weak at the moment. Yeah, it's beautifully so, weak at the so moment. So it makes Australia, uh, you know, when, when it was at parity with the US, yeah. uh, there were so many productions That's going right. offshore because it was expensive here. That's you know? right. So it's actually not, I'm, I'm sure your platform has almost no impact whatsoever compared to the uh, value of the Australian dollar. That's right. Yeah. yeah, we encourage face-to-face -face meetings, pre-production meetings, phone calls, Skypes if location doesn't permit. Mm. Um, so it's not, yeah, it's definitely not meant to be done through a bunch of code. We we do have messaging tools, we do have video review tools where clients can provide timestamp feedback and all that sort of stuff. But that's meant to streamline the process, not replace the process. So, so it's interesting because you know we live all live in a time poor world, yeah. And um, agencies and uh, and clients, you know, standing around on a you know twelve hour shoot uh, where they may make let's say fifteen to twenty minutes of decisions during that twelve hours when required seems like an incredible waste of people's time, unless of course they're in some exotic location like Seychelles or the let's uh, or, 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 or a beach in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, uh, have you heard of any situation where uh, people are using the same technology, the internet, video streaming, to actually uh, have cameras at the shoot? We've just done that for production. And they can yeah. sit in their office. And they, and they sat and in their they office. And they go and look and go, yeah, I like that shot, go with it. We've not, done it we've not done it locally. We just did it on a job out of our Singapore office where the client sat with a um, with a video link up and they were you know on the shoot effectively virtually but what a brilliant um, use of technology yeah absolutely seriously you know they uh, well they are time poor and they and they couldn't go to the shoot but they wanted to be able to have impact input. and input yeah. and make decisions that were really critical to the shoot yeah. that's obviously not the same as if they want to go to the shoot that's absolutely fine but as you said people are time poor so technology does enable or give you options in terms of, you know, being smart about use of your time. The other thing is it protects that client. Yeah, I always think it's funny uh, that when the client goes to the shoot, the agency will send at least two account management people for every client to actually protect them from the crew. And I'm going, why they have to protect them from the crew? Until I was on a shoot and the catering was laid out 
And the client went over and started helping themselves. And there was almost a riot amongst the crew. Yeah. And we had to explain to the client that while they were paying for the catering, the crew eats first. And they just didn't get that at all. Right. They're going, I'm paying for this. I should be able to eat whatever first. I want. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are other examples where but it's the reverse. It's good to know that uh, you know people are embracing technology as a yeah. way of just being more convenient. I mean, it seems to me a no-brainer. That's right. To actually be able to have the input to watch the shoot, but not actually have to stand in some uh, studio or location, hours. you know. Yeah. For, I uh, mean, there, there may be times when it's absolutely imperative they're on the shoot, but in this instance, you know, they were very happy to video link up and make the key decisions when they were required mm. and therefore gave them some time back. Fantastic. Yeah. How long has Gennaro been uh, operational? We've been around for about nine years now. Wow. So okay. it's a long time, but the guys, the co-founders, Mick and Andrew, they're both client-side marketers. So they, okay. they saw exactly the same issues that people are facing nowadays, albeit slightly exacerbated, um, whereby... The publishers that they were dealing with through digital marketing were prioritizing video. Consumers were engaging better with video. Um, and therefore, they needed larger volumes of video that was platform specific mm -hmm. and that was going to connect. Um, but they couldn't, they couldn't get access to the, to the volumes that they needed. So that's why they set up the business. Mm. Um, and they've taken that, we took, we've taken our time to build the business. Uh, started off in the music industry, making music, music videos. videos. That's Great. it. A lot of famous <clears throat> directors. A lot of famous directors cut started their there. Teeth That's in, right. In uh, music videos. That's right. And that was intentional. On. That yeah. was intentional because the intention there was to build a really creative community. So what they what we didn't want to do was go, right? Let's get as many people to sign up as possible to create fast and mm. you know cheap content. It wasn't about that. It's about building a really creative community. That's why we started off in music. Um, so the first four years working with Sony, Warner, Universal. Some of the biggest artists in the world, from Moby to Muse to two of the Beatles, Ellie Goulding, Alicia Keys, etc., um, making incredible music videos. We've got mm. some really cool examples. And, and in those days, I think record labels were looking for ways to connect beyond just having the artists sing to camera. I'm sort of paraphrasing a bit, but they wanted to connect through storytelling. Mm. Um, and that's how we built the community. They're making videos and then they tell their friends about it. And slowly we grew the community. Um, and then took it to brands and agencies um, mm. once we built the software tools as well. So what's the uptake been like? Because I think, you know, especially the industry can be quite resistant to change. Yeah. And this is a bit like the same way as Uber has disrupted the taxi industry and yeah. Airbnb <clears throat> has disrupted the accommodation industry. Yeah. You're doing the same thing, aren't you? You're disrupting the production <clears throat> industry. I'm a bit hesitant to use the word disrupting because we're, we're just trying to enable, really. Um, well, so we're, were they, but the people in the industry yeah. often felt like it was a threat. Yeah, know, taxi drivers <clears throat> felt like yeah. uh, Uber was a threat. Uh, yeah. Hotels felt like Airbnb was a threat. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that there are people in the production industry that feel something like the Gennaro platform is a threat. Or an opportunity. Until, yeah, of course, it's always the or, flip or side of the threat is the opportunity if you embrace it. Well, I mean, the, the, the fact is we're working with a lot of brands and giving production companies and filmmakers access to briefs mm -hmm. that they'd otherwise have no visibility over. Okay, um, so it's actually the agencies that should feel well, threatened. 
No. We, <laughs> we still... Possibly, yeah. I mean, it could be perceived like that, but we, we work with creative agencies. Yeah. And we're happy to work with creative agencies. Um, that I'll never belittle the importance of, you know, strategic thinking and, and you know, creativity. Um, and we'll, we'll work with creative agencies to help them scale those core creative ideas through different channels. They might not have the resource to um, produce. They might not have the capacity to do it. So we're very happy to work with them um, in that respect. I did a uh, independent production course yeah. from a, uh, a, a guy in Hollywood. Yeah. And he said the most important thing is to get the right script. Because it doesn't matter how good your production is. If you don't have the right script, you're wasting your time. I think that's true. And I think that's the tr truth yeah. for every piece of yeah. communication. If you don't have the idea, you can throw lots of money at yeah. trying to polish it. It's got to connect. Yeah, it's got to connect. Especially in this day and age, when there's, there is just an, an absolute proliferation of content mm. everywhere. And as you said earlier, people are time poor don't have time to view it all so it's even more important now to I mean it's always the principles have always been the same good strong ideation connecting with a consumer right and it's still the same now I mean that you get 7,000 media opportunities today to hit people with messages so it's really important to cut through so I absolutely agree with that now one of the things that the you know the feedback we get from the industry is budgets for productions over time have dropped. Mm -hmm. But it's relative because, you know, we're talking about TV productions, mm -hmm. TV commercial productions, mm -hmm. where it was often related to the media investment that would go behind mm -hmm. it. Then you move to the world of content, and there's often very little media or sometimes some media, but not as much, mm -hmm. which has then brought that down. Does lower budget necessarily mean lower quality? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I think through technology, um, marketplace nature of our business, democratization of equipment, you're now accessing really high quality creatives and filmmakers who can produce stuff much more affordably than the significant uh, than the traditional model? They don't carry they don't carry similar overheads. They're not set up in you know they're not paying big rents and they're not paying you know for thousands of staff. They're smaller businesses as we sort of mentioned earlier, so they do have the ability to create really high quality. So it doesn't necessarily yeah it doesn't necessarily equate lower cost equals lower quality. Mm. I don't think because there is that uh, quality cost and time. Yeah. But I think it's been disrupted, you know, choose any two was the same. Yeah. That, that has been disrupted, affected by the fact that isn't it now more about finding the right people yeah. and the right approach to actually meet the needs? That, that's how I see the business, definitely. It's about, find, it's about connecting with someone who genuinely wants to respond to your brief and understands your audience mm -hmm. um, and finding the right person for the brief in mind um, you know it's also a marketplace I mean we were talking about budgets earlier we'll work with clients often to help them establish their budget um, they may brief it's important to say that we don't uh, publish any brief until we're absolutely comfortable with it it's not a complete wild west free for all um, and we'll review briefs make sure they're clear we'll review budgets Okay, so Make if sure a client turns up and they have an unrealistic expectation and 
either of budget time or or what's achievable, you would not, uh, you would try and advise them before you even... Absolutely. I mean, if it's... Have you ever rejected a brief? If it's completely unreasonable, then yeah, we would would reject a brief. If it's completely unreasonable. Damages the community. Yeah. And it's not about, as I've said earlier, it's not about getting fast and cheap. It's about getting fresh thinking. Um, we're seeing it um, in a more affordable way. So, so on that point, because there is, and, and you made the point before, there is always new, emerging, yeah. exciting talent coming through. Yeah. In the platform, is there ways of really promoting those people or do you just allow it to sort of happen organically? We'll promote them. Do you we'll have promote like work and talent we'll, of the week, or you know, um, we don't. Um, we'll, we'll promote them through work. You know, if work's produced, we'll absolutely like a showcase. We'll showcase them. We'll say this was produced by so and so. Isn't it wonderful? You know, um, we don't have a directory, so to speak. Right. Um, that comes through the process. So when they respond to a brief, then clients will be able to look at their past work and. Um, see see what they've done through Gennaro, for example. Um, but yeah, from from time to time we might promote them, but it's not sort of, uh, you know, here's our filmmaker of the week and here's a director of filmmakers. Right. Yeah. Well, that's good because, I mean, in some ways directories commoditize the talent that you're representing. I think they, they do, yeah. I think they do, absolutely. You just have to look at, you know, actors' directories. Yeah. Where people get chosen... Yeah. Not by their talent, but their look. Yes, that's it. And, and it's definitely not about commoditizing production. Mm. There's, there's, there's way too much, you know, crappy content out there, in my opinion. <laughs> well, look, I um, think that's just a natural uh, consequence of the democratization of content. Yeah. In that literally anyone, anyone could produce something and do. And, do yeah. and put it on... Um, you know, uh, YouTube. Well, look at UGC. I mean, it's all out there, isn't it? Mm. It's out there day in, day out. I mean, we're not about UGC. We're we're about you know professional filmmaker community. Yeah. Um, That's uh, right. user generated content. content. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> now, look, I, um, I was sitting in a uh, industry uh, meeting of uh, advertisers, and someone. Uh, stood up who represented sort of the they called themselves marketing services but you know more procurement and they showed a uh, music video that their child had done Mm -hmm. as a fine example of video production Mm -hmm. now the thing was there was no storytelling Mm -hmm. it was basically a whole lot of footage cut to the music track which sort of felt as yeah, as almost as anonymous and meaningless as a lot of agency reels that are sort of cut together to a music track because you don't actually understand what any of it is except pretty pictures to a music track. But um, they were saying, oh, this is a fine example, and that costs next to nothing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really where the, the, the biggest challenge facing the production industry is this perception that anyone technology has made it so anyone can do it. When in actual yeah. fact, not anyone can. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. Was the content so bad it was good? That yeah, it was so bad. Well, 
I mean, it was a very good music track, so you could almost cut anything, anything together to it, to it yeah. um, and, and make it appear good. Yeah, it, I, I, I agree with you. I think, um, I think it's a skill. It's a real skill, high-quality production. Um, and Well, you know, there's all these parts to it. You know, yeah. Animators yeah. are unbelievable because yeah. they can visualise something and then make it come to life. Yeah. You know, directors... Anyone that under underestimates the skill of a quality talent director, and even better if they can do humour and comedy. Yeah. You know, because the secret of good comedy, timing. Timing. <laughs> um, and then you've got, uh, you know, directors of photography. Yeah. You know, the ability to light, frame, and, and plan and capture yeah. all of that in a frame that's not only visually appealing, but also tells the story. You know, and, and, and so it goes on right through the whole production process. That's right. The really smart people at every level are adding value to it uh, can't be underestimated. No, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. I think um, you know, it's a real skill, as you said. Or you, you mentioned all of those skill sets. Um, Oh, and we haven't even touched on you know, wardrobe, makeup, yeah. sound, yeah. Uh, mu- you know, music composition. Yeah, there's just yeah. so many elements to well, it. That's it. Um, and you know, as I said, we're not we're not about you know finding just anyone who can shoot something. Mm. It's about you know it's about pooling these really talented people and giving brands and agencies options when it comes to production. Right. You know, giving them options, but high quality options. So one of the issues is innovation. Yeah. There's innovation in technology Mm -hmm. which increases the production options Mm -hmm. and then there's innovation which reduces price. Yeah. Right? Because there's two parts. Innovation can do two things. It can either improve what can be done Mm -hmm. or it can make things just more uh, affordable. Affordable, yeah. Do you see the film and video industry as being, is it more focused on one than the other? Or is it both? I think it's both. Yeah, I think it's both. I think there's definitely, you know, some serious innovation out there in terms of giving people the ability to shoot really good stuff. Um, And then there are, you know, there's softwares out there like, Hours, for example, that can help you streamline the process. So, you know, consolidating all your content briefs into one, messaging filmmakers. Um, we've got video review tools that help clients allow for timestamp time feedback. Again, they're just built to streamline the process, and technology and innovations enabled that for sure. I think you know, you look at you look at businesses like ride sharing and accommodation booking. Um, the innovation there is around creating platforms within a global marketplace that allow for obvious efficiencies, right? Mm. So Uber, you're getting it cheaper and Airbnb, you're getting it cheaper. Can I mention brands in this podcast? Sure. We, I've just noticed the time. Unfortunately, it's, it's got away from me because it's just such a fascinating yeah. area. I mean, I think production is... You know, everything from a, uh, a, a blockbuster, you know, mainstream feature film release. You know, I watched the Academy Awards recently. Yeah. Down to 
uh, what was it? Charlie bit my finger. Which Charlie was, bit my finger. Yeah, you know, which was just user-generated content. So yeah, it, it, it's a fascinating area. Yeah, and I just want to you know, thank you for taking the time and sitting down. Thank and, you very and much. Having a chat, Harren. Um, but I've got a question for you. Yeah. Of all the directors, which one's your favourite?